Hello, Pastor Steve Waldron with Biblical Archaeology Today. So thankful you're here with us, and I'm so glad to be your host. We're going to be looking at the reliability of Old Testament manuscripts today, getting some into the Masoretes and the Samaritans because of the Samaritan Pentateuch. Again, so glad you're here with us. Join us every day. Click subscribe. Um, I almost said hit the bell notification. That's our YouTube channel, New Life of Authentic. Um, but do leave us a five-star review. Be so helpful. So let's get started today. The reliability, old, reliability of Old Testament manuscripts. We're in the popular handbook of archaeology in the Bible by Holden and Geisler by Harvest House. Recommend everybody get it. We're going to be using that as our basis for the next little while. I use it as a textbook at Indiana Bible College as well. So it says this, the Bible is the most textually supported piece of literature from the ancient world. Now that's significant, and McDowell goes into great links into that in his book. This is because thousands of biblical manuscripts offer scholars the best opportunity in numbers of manuscripts, accuracy of the transmitted text, the earliness of manuscript dates, to reconstruct the English editions of our Old New Testament. And so... It begins to explore this with the Masoretes, the very famous Masoretes, and then the Samaritans. So, the Hebrew text of the Old Testament was transmitted by a number of different groups within its history. The Sophorim, from Hebrew meaning scribes, were Jewish scholars who preserved and copied the text from the 5th to 3rd centuries B.C. So, that's the Sophorim from the 5th to 3rd centuries B.C., and then the Zugoth, meaning pairs of scribes, and you can see how that would be very helpful, were entrusted with this responsibility in the 2nd and 1st centuries B.C. <coughs> Excuse me. By A.D. 200, the Teanium, the repeaters or teachers, notice teaching and repeating, uh, repetition is the mother of learning, took over this task until A.D. 300. So a lot of people just start with Masoretes, but really there was the Sophirum, the Zugoth, and the Teanium before that. And you can see like the pairs, the repeaters, how all these are so good. Now we get to the Masoretes. From this point, the group of medieval scribes primarily responsible for transmitting and introducing vowels into the Hebrew text upon which all editions of the Hebrew Bible were based for century were known as the Masoretes or Masoretic scribes from the term Masra meaning traditions. Thus we call the text which they produced the Masoretic text. And so but they were preceded by three different other orders of scribes as well. And uh, I did want to mention about the vowel points. There's some that think the vowel points were obviously introduced even with Moses at Mount Sinai and then lost and then reintroduced. So there's that, and then Paleo-Hebrew and Hebrew. There were two somewhat independent schools of Masoretes, the Babylonian and the Palestinian. Palestinian. The most famous Masoretes were the Jewish scholars living in Tiberias in Galilee, in the late 9th and 10th centuries A.D., some would say much earlier than that, like the 5th century A.D., 6th century A.D. Moses ben Asher with his son Aaron and Moses ben Naphtali. Though these two families are often considered to have formed separate traditions of textual preservation, 
They represent really only a single textual tradition. And so the devotion and care with which the scribes copies the text is seen as the consonantal text, the pre-Mesoretic text containing only consonants with no vowels. The versions preserved by the two families respectively contain a mere nine linguistic differences between them. Now, when you're thinking of the hundreds of thousands of uh, words in the Old Testament, for there to only be nine linguistic differences, that's a letter here, or a kier and kativ there, what is written, what is spoken, it's amazing. The Ben Naphtali tradition eventually died out, while the Ben Asher tradition continued to flourish, representing the superior text. All right, and so you also have like the Tosefta, meaning supplement to the Mishnah, 8240, the Midrash, textual interpretation of the Old Testament, and uh, all types of things such as that. So let's keep going just a little bit further in this as well. Um, the Codex Linen Gratis, known as B19AL, is utilized heavily both by the Biblical Hebraica and the Biblical Hebraica start Stuttgartensia. And this has all been Asher text. The Aleppo Codex used by University Hebrew University Bible Project. Other Hebrew manuscripts that reflect the Masoretic text include the Codex Corinthius, also called the Cairo Codex of the Prophets, the Babylonian Codex of the Latter Prophets, Hebrew B13 manuscript, the Cairo Geniza manuscripts, and a Geniza is a place for when they wore out uh, Bibles. This is kind of where they buried them, but they didn't really bury them so much. The Rushlin Codex of the Prophets and the Erfurt Codices. These are each considered below as an individual witnesses emerging from the Masoretic tradition. So kind of an introduction to how the Bible was transmitted from really the time of Esther to our present day. And we're going to go just a little further tomorrow into the Masoretic text itself. So I want to say thank you so much for being with us today. And God bless you. Join us again tomorrow, and we'll see you later. Bye-bye.